Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Tyler Johnson. Thank you for tuning in. If you are a return listener, I'd be grateful for your rating or review. And if you dig this episode, give us a like or share. And now, whether you've tuned in to elevate your mindset, your game, or just your day, you are in the right place. My guest this episode is the owner of Montgomery Companies, where he is a performance coach, keynote speaker, where he works with Fortune 500 companies, professional athletes, teams, and salespeople all across the country. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast, Jordan Montgomery. Jordan, how are you today? Doing awesome, man. How are you doing, Tyler? Um, I'm doing well. Excited to have you on here. Uh, we've got a mutual Iowa connection. I grew up there. Some, some people have always said, have Jordan on, have Jordan on. So I'm excited to do it. Um, been following you for a while. And I guess for maybe people that aren't maybe familiar with you and your story, but I'd love to kind of hear how you and tell people how you got into the speaking that you do and the leadership and, and kind of that, that, where that really got started. Yeah, well, I grew up in Kelowna, Iowa, so I'm a small-town Iowa guy, Tyler. You know that. We just talked about that. You actually have a cousin that lives in Kelowna, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Shout out to your cousin, Jordan, another Kelowna guy. <laughs> but uh, I grew up in a one-stoplight, you know, don't blink kind of town, largest Amish community west of Mississippi, uh, went to the University of Iowa, and I grew up the son of a blue-collar painter and a teacher, and I always really admired my dad's um, – autonomy you know his business was really simple but he was at every one of my games all of my events never missed anything important in my life and I just remember thinking man I just want to be like my dad I want to be present for my family I want to make my family a priority I want to live my life by design and run my own schedule and so I went to college Tyler almost like a social experiment you know I, I thought well I'll go have some fun I'll meet some people and then I'll get out of college I'll graduate and I'll start my own business so that happened. I did graduate just barely from the University of Iowa. And uh, I think it was probably like a 2.5 GPA. So nothing to write home about. But when I graduated, um, I remember thinking, I don't have any money. I'm dead broke. I don't really have access to money. Like I didn't really come from money. I didn't know how to get money. Mm -hmm. And I had no experience. And so uh, I thought, man, I, I better find a business that allows me to be in business for myself, but not by myself. In other words, I needed a support system. I needed mentorship. I needed to sort of have a plan. That was good for me at 22 years old to have some structure and accountability. And so I found a company in the financial services industry um, and just fell right into to the work. Loved working with clients, you know, insurance, investments, risk management products, wealth management. So I built a financial services practice for a few years, right? Real grassroots. You, you work in your natural market. You make phone calls and you go meet with people and and I loved it. You know, it's it's different kind of work for most people. Like it takes, uh, I think, some emotional risk to get involved in that line of work. A lot of rejection. People tell yeah. you no. and But you do get to serve a lot of people and, and build some really cool relationships. So I did that for three years. Went well, uh, well enough that I was appointed a managing director in that firm at 25 years old. So I became the youngest managing director in the firm, you know, nationwide at that point in time. And 25 years old, I've got this big responsibility. I was probably one of those guys, Tyler, I was like uh, underdeveloped and overexposed. 
meaning I had a lot of influence that my character just couldn't carry. You know, I had, I had responsibility that I, I really just wasn't prepared for. And, um, you know, I was leading the office, recruiting, developing. The results were going really well. Like my goals were clear. My values were not. And sometimes if your goals are clear, but your values aren't, your goals can take you to a place you never intended to go. Yeah. So that was me. So I, I just sort of woke up in this world where it was all about achievement, money, success, material things. But I was just living for the ways of the world. My mind and my heart got wrapped around those things really tight. I was just going really fast. And um, what I realized is in that pursuit of running really hard, I started to miss some things, you know, like not big things, but like I wouldn't, you know, dot an I or I wouldn't cross a T. You know, I was just just going really hard. And, and and one of the things that that happened, I had a staff member that took a test on my behalf and uh, I didn't report it like I should have. She was trying to be helpful. It was an internal thing. It wasn't like a big exam. It was just an internal multiple choice. But the point is, you know, it was an infraction. And so it cost me my opportunity at the time. My supervisor decided that my character wasn't ready for that opportunity and I lost that opportunity. And so it was really hard. It was It was heartbreaking, devastating. Uh, moved into kind of a desert season. I lost my job. I also lost all of my money as a result because I was involved in some real estate deals that went sideways as a result of my employment status. So, man, I entered into this valley season. You know, I went from being a person who had a decent amount of influence, a full bank account, um, a lot of trust and, and influence in a certain space to not a lot of trust, not a lot of influence, no money and no position. And God used that season of my life to really shape me, mold me. I think we all know that sometimes the valley can be the best place to learn and grow. It was for me. It was kind of a two-year season of just working on myself. And I got rehired by the same firm, but I moved to a different office without my clients. And it was just, you know, it was very public, my, my ordeal. So I came out of that. I knew I wanted to still lead people. I was in financial planning. I thought, you know what, I'm going to start coaching some people. And uh, God blessed it, Tyler. Doors opened. Uh, my wife and I look back now, that was five, gosh, six, six years ago almost. And um, at the time, it was just this little rinky-dink LLC, you know, that you know, I was coaching a handful of people. And, and now it's a few thousand people, and it's working the NFL and NBA and Division One sports teams. And God has just uh, given us an opportunity to serve and work with a lot of great leaders. And most of that work's done in the area of leadership development and organizational health. And we've got 16 coaching partners. And so... By God's grace, man, and with the help of some good people, just uh, came out of the valley, and God used my my greatest hurt, you know, um, as now my greatest ministry, and uh, we just really love the work that we get to do. And so that's a that's a long winded way of answering a short question, but that's yeah. sort of my my background and how I got to where I'm at today, doing the work that I get to do. And we've got three young girls, uh, a fourth child on the way, and and my wife and I run the business together. The joke is like she runs the business and I run my mouth. And, and that's kind of how it works in our house, man. So, um, so that's, that's a bit about our story. Yeah. I love it. Thanks for, for taking us through it a little bit. And I know you talked there a little bit about, you know, having your beliefs and your values in alignment with your goals. And I think something on this podcast, we talk about a lot, having your values in align with the things you want to do. Um, can you talk a little bit more about kind of that, maybe that causation of, of, you know, when we don't have our values, aligned with what we're after, how quickly we can get off track? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, especially being a young person, I think this is for all people, but especially for young people, like if you're an emerging leader, yeah. um, I think working on your self-awareness, like really getting to know yourself 
Yeah. I think we have this tendency to, we want to get to know everybody else mm. yeah. and, or maybe you want to get to know, you know, certain products or a certain process or you get involved in an industry and you're like, oh, I want to know how to speak and influence people. And, and all of that's great. Like use the gifts that God gave you to make an impact. But as you do that, I think understanding yourself and assessing your blind spots and asking a lot of questions, Yeah. Um, you know, being prayerful. So asking questions to the Lord, but also to other people, like getting real feedback. I mean, I just wasn't slowing down to get feedback. Mm. I didn't have a lot of people in my life who were holding me accountable. Like they kind of were, but not really. And I specialized Tyler in spaces where like I was the man. Yeah. And I didn't know that, but like that, that's what I was doing. I was like, I wanted to be in the environments where I was the top, I was the top dog. I was getting the pats on the back. Everybody thought I was great. And I was almost like hesitant to, to be in any circle where that wasn't the case. Mm. And, and so what we say to, to young leaders, especially emerging leaders, is like get around people who are not impressed by you. Yeah. They don't care, you know, for a couple of reasons, right? Number one, because they're productive too and they're impactful too. Yeah. But also like they care about you in a different way, you know, and, and then ask for feedback. Um, John Maxwell wrote a book called The Self-Aware Leader. And this is one of his quotes from the book. This is so good. He said, the first lesson I've learned in coaching people is that people have a very difficult time seeing themselves realistically and a very easy time seeing everybody else. Yeah. In other words, man, I could pick up on, you know, Tyler's blind spots, man, I could critique you and give you, you know, coaching and, but man, I'm totally blind. Yeah. Uh, to some of my own blind spots and maybe even some of my own gifts. So the point is, as leaders, we have to continually work on our self-awareness, get feedback, ask the hard questions, put ourselves in environments where people are going to be honest with us and uh, surround ourselves with people who care, who love us and get a bunch of help all the time. Because a person who's not working on those things, who's not getting help, who's not asking for feedback, uh, is destined to run into situations where you know, their, their goals take took them to a place that they weren't they weren't necessarily prepared to go. Sure, I think I've when you bring up feedback, I know one of the things I've heard you talk about on, on another podcast, and I, I really caught my ear. I think it wanted you to talk about a little bit when searching for feedback and trying to grow. Talk about the difference between being teachable and coachable. Oh man, yeah, I, I'm you know I'm, I'm passionate about this topic because for a long time I was a teachable person. Mm -hmm. Tyler and I thought I was coachable. When I heard it, I felt the same way. I'm like, whoa, like it made me think and reflect too. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is a lot of people, right? So, you know, I've always considered myself to be to be coachable, right? Like I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a coachable person. I get coaching, I'll take coaching. And uh, but the but the spirit of a coachable person is very different than the spirit of a of a teachable person. So so I, you know, especially when I was young, like high school, college, even through my you know, younger professional years. And even now, like I, I'm still working at being coachable, but um, I was teachable. And, and here's the difference. A teachable person is really caught up in the moment and the content. So they can go to an event. They can go one-on-one -on -one with a mentor or, you know, hear from somebody at uh, some sort of seminar and they can take notes and they can be really immersed in the moment, right? Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm engaged here. And, and then they can even, you know, really enjoy the content. So that was me. Like I would, I would listen to mentors. I'd go to the event. I'd watch the video. I'd take the course, whatever. And I mean, I was, 
I was engaged. Yeah. Uh, what I wasn't doing though is I wasn't thinking about the future and how I was going to implement what I learned. And I also wasn't pursuing the person who taught me. Yeah. So a person who's truly coachable, what you'll find is they're not just focused on the moment and the content. They're also caught up on the future and the relationship. Yeah. That's the, that's the spirit of a coachable person. So it's like, if I'm getting coaching from Tyler, if you're, if you're sharing some things with me, maybe I've heard you speak at an event or we have a one-on-one -on -one conversation and, you know, you're kind enough to donate a few minutes and you give me some wisdom bombs or, you know, some nuggets. And I go, wow, man, this is really good. And, you know, if I'm teachable, it kind of stops there, right? I'm like, oh, thanks, Tyler, so much for the wisdom. And, and then I go, you know, look at my notes one or two times and that's kind of it, right? If I'm coachable, I create a plan, right? I'm, okay, Tyler taught me. This is amazing. I'm going to go create a strategy for how I'm going to implement what Tyler taught me because knowledge alone is not power. Knowledge is only power when it's applied. Yeah. And so I'm going to figure out how I'm going to go apply it. I'm going to create a plan, and then I'm going to circle back with you in a certain period of time. So let's say it's a week, right? You taught me a couple things, and I'm like, man, I, the real opportunity is I'm going to continue to learn from Tyler. And so I'm going to flag my calendar a week out. I'm going to create a plan. I'm going to implement what Tyler taught me. And then I'm going to circle back with Tyler to share what I learned and also say thank you. So that communication might go something like this. Hey, Tyler, I'm reaching out to you to say thanks for your time last week. And that was incredible. Yeah. You know, you taught me two things about active listening that I've been implementing in my business and implement, implementing in my life. Uh, man, it's made a huge difference. And I just wanted to say thanks for what you taught me. If you'd be kind enough to spend 15 minutes with me out into the future, man, it'd mean the world. I promise you two things. I'll come prepared and I'll pay it forward. And I also just want to give you the ability to say no. I understand you're super busy. And if you don't have the time, I totally get it. I'll always be a fan. Um, just know that if you're willing to say yes, we'll make every minute count. I'll come prepared and I'll pay it forward. So that's the spirit of a coachable person. And, and if somebody's listening and it's like, man, you want to chase down mentors, you want to pursue leaders, you want to get into some spaces and places with people where you're like, I feel like I don't really belong, but I mean, that's how you do it. And uh, so that's a, that's a little bit of, you know, um, of the difference in my mind between being teachable and coachable. I love it because I think it, I reflected on times of both. I think you're like, oh, I was being teachable, but over oh, here I was being coachable. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah. There, there is that difference. And I think when you work with athletes sometimes, especially mass audience, right, there's how do you go and make this applicable to tomorrow? And I, when you talk about kind of the, the importance of having that plan and taking that information and, and putting it into your kind of processes in your life, do you find it's the, the scheduling that inhibits most people when you don't put a date and you don't put a something out there on a calendar with a commitment. I just feel like that's such a great lesson. I know Joe DeSena Spartan guys like put it on the calendar, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, but like talk about how important it is to, to do that so that you don't just become teachable and, and on autopilot. Well, for me, it's got to be on the calendar. I don't know. I mean, if, if it's not, I just know myself well enough to know I, I'm probably going to forget it. So yeah. my calendar, I got so many weird reminders and alarms. and Because part of that is, man, like I'm, I'm like most people, I'm wired for the path of least resistance. And I know that about myself. So I think sometimes we pride ourselves on being like really disciplined or, you know, I've got superior levels of follow through. Okay, even the most disciplined people on planet Earth still struggle with the path of least resistance. Uh, now they've created an environment and they've trained themselves to, to take a different path. Right. But, um, but the, the reality is biologically, we are all created for the path of least resistance. 
Mm-hmm. And that was a good thing back in the day, right? right. Like we we're running away from lions and tigers and bears. And <laughs> so your emotions send signals to your brain and say, yeah, run, that's dangerous. Like that could be harmful, you know? And back in the day it was physical danger, but now it's like, it, it, it's emotional danger, you know, it's relational danger. And so if I sense something that's going to be difficult, my natural instinct is to run and move away from it. And I, and knowing that about myself, I got to create an environment that doesn't allow me to do that. So I'm making commitments to people that know me well. I've got accountability in my life. I'm getting coaching. I have stakeholders. There's alarms and reminders on my calendar. I've got check-ins with my wife. Like I've built an environment where I can't run from the things that are difficult. So whatever you got to do, if, if, if you want to follow through, um, put it on your calendar, but also just build an environment where you have to follow through and do the things that you said you were going to do. And then I think over time, that really starts to become who you are. You know, um, that gets easier, but especially if you're somebody who struggles with follow through discipline, I think, you know, building that environment becomes really important. Definitely. You start to see hopefully some of the benefits and that's why it becomes right. That's right. That's that's right. Yeah. A little bit of the same way. Uh, Another thing I've heard you you talk about that I like, and I always use the analogy of like, our focus is like a spotlight. It's always on, but sometimes it gets to the wrong stuff. (laughs) Um, And the Elevate podcast, one of the things we always talk about is elevating others. And I've heard you kind of talk about, you know, making sure your spotlight does focus on others. And can you talk about how when we do focus on others, how that can not only maybe help those people, but also help ourselves in doing so? Yeah, encouragement all, all often does more for us than it does for anybody else, you know. So I think when you're choosing to speak life and speak truth and be positive, I mean, it does way more for me than it does for anybody else. Uh at the end of the day, I mean, I, I want to be somebody who helps other people win. You know, like I want to be the reason somebody gets a promotion at work, the reason someone gets to meet a new friend or a new opportunity. Um, that's important to me. And I think I think God's called us to live that way. You know, uh, we get to choose to see the best in other people, you know, and and people will go farther than they think they can when someone else thinks they can. Yeah. yeah so I, I want to be somebody who spends my life elevating, encouraging um, it's free to do it. Doesn't take much. Yeah. You don't know where, you know, people are really at in life. I mean, we all have moments in life where we need more encouragement, but one of the things that we're finding, you know, in our coaching practice, Tyler, and we talk about this often, if you're going to elevate people and encourage people, because most people would say, look, I'm an encouraging person. I mean, I, I choose to see the good. I know how to offer compliments and you know, maybe I don't do it as much as I should, but like, I, you know, by and large, I'm a fairly encouraging person, I think. I think most people would say that. Um, and, and I think by and large, it's, it, that's probably true. People know how to encourage and they do some, some level of encouragement. Where I think we get tripped up, though, is we tend to focus our encouragement around the do instead of the who. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is our encouragement is oftentimes tied to a result. It's tied to an outcome. And if you encourage somebody for what they do, they, they might remember it. But if you encourage them for who they are, they'll never forget it. And, and, and the reason is the who will always mean more than the do. If you praise someone or encourage someone for who they are, it will always mean more than encouraging someone uh, for what they do. In other words, I could say, hey, Tyler, love your podcast, man. You're, you're killing it. I uh, just love all that you're doing. You're interviewing great people. You've got a great presence. Love what you're doing on social media. Like, keep it up, man. Just super impressed with all that you're doing. Yeah. Right. And, and you might be like, hey, like, thanks. You know, that's that's still kind and that means something. Right. Yeah. But it's totally different than if I was like, 
hey, Tyler, I love your humble spirit. And I love the way that you listen to people and you make people feel welcomed and invited in your presence. Like you've just got a way about you that puts people at ease. And that's a gift of yours, man. That's part of who God created you to be. And I want you to see that and know that. And that part of who you are has allowed you to do a lot. And so I just wanted to pull you aside to share that with you today. Um, you're more likely to remember that, right? And what I said is true, right? We've talked for, I don't know what it is, 22 minutes. And I felt that from you, you know, and, and that's part of who you are. And, and we're more likely to remember those conversations than we are, you know, when somebody ties the praise to a result. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the final thing I'll say about this is, is there's an interesting study. Harvard Business Review did a study. Um, they interviewed 4,000 recent college graduates, all of whom quit their job within 12 months of graduating from college. Hmm. So they took a job and they quit. And, um, and they interviewed these students and they're like, okay, wh well, why did you quit? You know, different industries, different walks of life, you know, a bunch of different types of people. And, and they, they just asked them a question, why did you quit? Was it lack of pay, lack of culture, lack of autonomy, lack of upward mobility? Like, why did you leave the organization that you were working for? 79% um, of them said they left because there was a lack of appreciation. In other words, they didn't, they didn't feel appreciated. They didn't feel cared for. And what they're really saying is, I didn't feel known and I didn't feel seen. Yeah. And people feel known and seen when we appreciate who they are. Yeah. People don't feel known and seen when we simply focus on what they do. And so for somebody listening that's like, man, I want to elevate people. I mean, that's the Elevate podcast, right? So I want to elevate people. I want to encourage people. Um, something to just consider or think about is, you know, how often am I encouraging people for who they are versus what they do? And, and both are important, right? But I just think we get to the heart of a person quicker when we focus on their qualities, you know, their character and who God made them to be versus the things that they're doing well and the results that they're driving. I love it. The who, not the do. Um, one other little segment we have here occasionally on the podcast is following up on a tweet. So uh, a tweet that you had a while back that caught my eye. Uh, it said, the worst excuses we make are the really good ones. They sound like reasons. <laughs> talk about it, I think, as, as athletes, and we already talked about the path of least resistance. Can you talk about that, that statement a little more? Well, look, this is for me more than anybody else. I mean, I, this is like on repeat in my mind because I'm – one thing that's true of me, Tyler, is that, man, I love to sell. I like to persuade. Right? I think that's just, again, I think that's part of who God made me. Like, I like to communicate. Um, I, I've been guilty that sometimes I think, like, my opinions are facts. My wife would tell you that. And so I got to, I got I to gotta really, I got to really spend time on that. Because if I'm not careful, man, I, I could come across as too certain. Um, and so one of the realities of my desire to sell or persuade is I can sell myself often as to why I didn't get something done or why I didn't follow through. Like my wife would tell you, man, I am world-class. Like we literally just had an argument the other, I mean, it's two nights ago, it's a real life scenario. And she's like, you never fold the laundry. Like, why do I always have to fold your laundry? And what, what I did was she was on the, the floor of our bedroom. God bless her. She's seven months pregnant and she's folding my laundry. And I'm caught up in work and I'm justifying, you know, not joining her to fold the laundry because I'm like doing emails. Sure. And uh, so we get into a, a, a kind of a spat about it, right? Like a little argument. She's like, 
hey, like you don't, you're not helpful. Like you, you're not folding the laundry. And instead of just saying, you know what, you're right. I, I'm not folding the laundry and I'm being kind of a jerk of a husband right now. And I'm not helping you and serving you the way that I should. And by the way, this is just like what we do to run our house. This is not like going above the call of duty. Yeah. My instinct was to make an excuse, right? And I said, listen, it's been a really busy day. I am so behind on communication. I've got to get caught up on this communication before the day's over because I got another busy day tomorrow. Like you just don't understand the workload is so crazy right now. And I gave her this whole line of stuff that sounded like a reason to me. You know, I packaged it just the right, like, like, man, babe, this is a reason. And at the end of the day, it was a big old fat excuse. And, and, and the danger in, in really good excuses is they sound almost like reasons. Yeah. But it doesn't change the fact that, look, like I love my wife. I have a responsibility at home. She's seven months pregnant. She's on the floor folding my laundry. Uh, the only thing I should have said in that moment is, I'm sorry, my bad. Um, I fell short. Let me do better. And so, um, yeah, I just think we got to be going to be careful about the story that we tell, tell ourselves, the narrative that we create in our own mind. And I think if we're honest, that we most people do that every day. There's something that we we justify and we end up being the one that gets sold mm-hmm. by our own narrative and uh, and it's dangerous when that narrative is, sounds really good and it's really strong because yeah. um, it sounds almost like a reason. Yeah. Well, I appreciate being vulnerable and sharing a, a personal story. I think vulnerability is a, another thing when it comes to growth, development, and leadership. It, it, it's a zone we usually got to try to get into if we want to lead or, or grow. Yeah. Can, you, can you talk about maybe maybe examples or just the power of you know, stepping into vulnerability and what it can do for us as a leader. In a world that is really, I believe, artificial these days, superficial. I mean, social media hasn't helped with that. Mm. Things are moving faster than they ever have. You know, data, information, we're processing more than we've ever processed. I just think right now people crave someone to lead them who is real. They crave being around people who are real. And I don't even know that we notice. I'm not even sure that we're always in tune with how much we value that. I think it's a subconscious thing. But I think when we get to experience somebody, Tyler, who's just like really confident and and secure in themselves and they're just like comfortable in their own skin, I think almost all of us universally go, yeah, I like this person. Like I, I am drawn to this person. And, and that type of person shouldn't stand out. But in a world that's really fake and artificial, I think that person stands out. They just do. They're just – there's so much fake, superficial, artificial stuff happening that when you're just real and you're true to yourself and you're comfortable in your own skin, um, you connect with people in a different way. And yeah. I've used this quote on maybe almost every podcast that I've ever been on because I, I just love it so much and I think the world needs to hear it. Um, Craig Rochelle says, people can be impressed with your strengths, but they connect to you through your weaknesses. Mm. And what he's saying there is if you really want to connect with people, you'll talk about your weaknesses. You'll own the fact that you have flaws and you've made mistakes and not in like a, you know, I I don't want to overdo it, right? I'm not trying to do that for effect and, you know, woe is me. But it just means that like, hey, I I don't need to try to impress you. Like I I don't, you know, it's like when you give a, I, I do a lot of keynote speaking. Yeah. And I'm just reminded every time I speak that the bio is not for the audience. The bio is for the speaker. 
Yeah. Yeah, like, like why it should just be like, Hey, Jordan's here to speak. He's got a few things he wants to say and share and maybe a little context. Right. I didn't, I'm not from, you know, like the jungle or whatever, like <laughs> he grew up in Iowa and yeah. you know, he's, he's like you and cares about leadership, has a coaching practice. Like that would be sufficient. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately our bio tends to be filled with all this other stuff. And, uh, and it's, it's meant to impress. Um, and so again, I, I just think um, if you want to be impactful, we can't worry about being impressive. Yeah. And uh, those two things don't go together, you know. And so, if, if I desire to be impactful, I need to learn to lead uh, with some vulnerability and be real and be human, because that's what creates real connection, and connection is what leads to impact. So, those are just a few of my thoughts on, you know, leading with vulnerability. Love it. Last question to you, if. Uh... We could put you in a, a time machine and go back and visit 16-year-old Jordan. What one piece of advice that you've accumulated in your, your life and, and through your journey that you would remind 16-year-old self? Yeah, I'd probably say ditch the, ditch the jeans with holes, you know, <laughs> wear some real jeans because um, <laughs> that was me at 16. No, but seriously, I, uh, you know, I think, and I think about this with my kids, Tyler, like, I just want my my children to know who they are in Christ, to, to be comfortable in their own skin. And, you know, if I could go back and, and tell my 16-year-old self anything, it would be, hey, you are perfectly and wonderfully made. You're made in God's image. He's got a plan for your life. You're different than everybody else. And you just need to be you. And you're most effective in this world when you're most authentic. So don't try to be anybody else, just be yourself. Yeah. And um, that would be the message. And I think you know, that would be the message that I give to my own kids in their journey. I think, again, in a world that is uh, just constantly telling us to try to be something different, to be you know, more fit or have more money or to look a different way or to sound a different way, um, I think, I think we've got to just fight to be the person that God made us to be. You know? and, and so that would be the message. Thank you for listening. If something caught your ear as useful or unique this episode, we would love your help spreading the Elevate message. You can find me on Instagram at Elevate Educate Rejuvenate. That's with the numeral instead of the A-T-E. Thank you again. And if I can help you with anything, please reach out. And don't forget, go elevate others.